Hey everybody, and welcome to the next episode of It's Bananas with Jeremy Fisher. Uh, we do this every Monday at 9 a.m. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm here with the amazing Paul Schmidt. Hey everybody. Yes, uh, you can follow him in on Instagram. I will have his handle over here along with mine, and you can follow me as well. Um, any upcoming shows that you have? Uh, tonight I'm doing Empire Comedy in Mississauga. So I think that's oh, okay. Rocks and Docks. Yeah, yeah, Rock and Docks. I'm actually yeah. going to be doing that one too. Oh, that? nice. With I think everyone. I'm late. I'm at like 11. Yeah. Trying to like message me. Oh, uh, yeah. He I messaged he... me too, and I'm just like, I need to do around like 7, 7.30 because I'm also doing the old side as well. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, have you ever done the old side yet? Yeah, I have indeed, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a nice like little place just to kind of like talk with comedians and yeah. like just shoot the shit kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good place to try out new material. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. What else, what other places do you have for like trying out new material? Um, you know what I did? I did Corktown on Corktown? Wednesday. So Corktown okay. Comedy, it's like above Betty's. Okay. Uh, so we did I, that. I, I had to go to that one. You yeah. should check it out. Because I, I remember uh, Armin used to, used to host Betty's, but uh, he, he stopped doing that. And so somebody else, I guess, took it over, but who, who well, posts that one? So upstairs, it's um, this guy, Brian, who's been doing it forever. Okay. Um, so I think he had some health issues, so they might have had people filling in. Okay. Um, so it's like, a like when I say it's an intimate room, it's like, yeah. it looks like an apartment. Mm -hmm. um, and all the people there are comics. Yeah. Or at least the, the I've only done it one time. So yeah, yeah, okay. Do you know Jason Liu? Jason Liu, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Jason and I were doing it. Mm -hmm. He'd done it before. Um, so it's cool. It's just like a bunch of like comedians that are in there. Yeah. So you're not going to get like rip-roaring laughter in front of a crowd. Yeah. Um, but it's a great crowd, like really appreciative, really smart crowd because mm -hmm. it's all comics. So, um, yeah, it was fun. So that yeah. was, so for like a, like a joke gym type place where you're just yeah. trying to work out material, I would mm -hmm. definitely recommend that one. So how do you feel like with comedians, like do you find like them more willing to like kind of shoot jokes back and forth at each other, kind of like go riffing with each other? Or is it, do you feel like most people kind of just keep to themselves and don't really like help each other out? I find most people are like, will help each other out. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much like riffing back and forth you'll necessarily see. Mm -hmm. um, so when I, so like my background is I started writing. Yeah. Um, so I wrote with a comedian. So okay. um, we would riff back and forth all the time. Yeah. This is when you first started. Like, yeah. You know, when did you start doing it? Uh, like a hundred years ago. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm a TV producer by trade. Okay. So my first gig was at the Comedy Network. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of like in and around there. Um, and then there's a comedian named Carla Collins who got a TV show. Okay. So we just hit it off and I ended up, um, writing monologues for the show with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she's done like a million different things like Comedy Now specials, all this other stuff. Yeah. So with the two of us, we would just like sit, shoot the shit. And our thing was, if something made the both of us laugh, then chances are it would make other people laugh. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was a pretty good, like kind of collaborative process and we worked together for like, 10, 12 years or something. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah like a lot of experience like doing all of this like writing. So coming into stand-up comedy, you're just like, I already I pretty much know exactly what, make, what makes people laugh. And it's just like, now just taking stuff out of my life though and applying that to, to stand-up. Yeah, it's different writing with someone because when you write with someone, and even just what makes you as a good TV producer mm -hmm. is you're working for the show you're working on. Or you're working with the host. And your whole thing is to try to make them better you know, put the, the best version of themselves forward. Yeah. So you really kind of put your own ego and your own voice and all that stuff in check, and you just try to write for the voice of whoever it is that you're working with. Mm -hmm. So with Carla, like, like, she's a woman, and, you know, so we're going to have a very different uh, point of view anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's very much like, you know, like, hey, we're, you know, like friends, but you can also just kind of put your head around kind of like her situation mm -hmm. and then just kind of write stuff and also i'd never written a joke before i worked with her so yeah. she taught me pretty much everything i knew about That's writing really stand-up 
yeah, so that was really good. So it's been so I've been doing like my own stuff for like just under a year. Mm -hmm. So that's been the interesting thing. Like I, you know, kind of know how to write a joke. Yeah. But writing for my own voice and then writing on your own is very different from writing with a performer because you don't a hundred percent know something is going to be good when you mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, exactly. So and like you've been killing it out there. Like every time I see you, you got like the whole stepdad. Uh, thing going on and I like I love that oh love thanks so man. much I love yeah it. you guys have ever like seen Paul Schmidt go see see him just for like his uh, stepdad joke oh it's really good I love when you like bring that up oh <laughs> thanks yeah well it's um so I try to like do like the way I look at a premise is try to like I'll have usually have the joke first and it's weird I'll have the joke and then go backwards and do the premise mm -hmm. so like I have one like I have a couple like I'm legitimately a stepdad so yeah yeah <laughs> you're kind of like trying to write from an authentic point of view and yeah. I was like seen a lot of parentship but no, like being a step parent is very different from being an actual parent yeah um so that's just like you know my authentic life so mm -hmm. um and it's legitimately kind of a weird adjustment to go yeah. from like being single forever to mm -hmm. like having kids that you're pseudo responsible for yeah exactly i'm glad i don't have to worry about that <laughs> yeah. like a while so um, i'm kind of doing like the whole smart thing where i'm like i'm gonna wait before i have kids i want to be yeah. like financially secure and for by, sure like, financially secure i mean like at least make an over like six figure income yeah. like because that's i feel like you need that if you're gonna have a kid yeah well i'd like and so i'm not like they're you know i have two kids that i'm you know Co-parenting. <laughs> yeah, co-parenting, but, like, I've never had my own kid. Yeah. Like, that whole idea just is, like, very scary. Yeah. So, for me, I if I kind of had the best of both worlds because you get the, you know, the security and you get to play family, but mm -hmm. I never had to deal with, like, I've never changed a diaper. Yeah. Never had to deal with, like, you know, anyone being pregnant mm -hmm. or had to deal with, like, the lost sleep or anything. Yeah. That sort of stuff. So, so you kind of just like skipped all those steps and it's like, perfect, let's go it's to amazing. the most appropriate age to like deal with a kid, which is around like 10 or 11. And then just yeah, like exactly. deal with them in the, 100%. like six, seven years, they're going to be out of, out oh, of the yeah. house. And they're like 13 and 15. Like oh, the, the girl's at the youngest, she's in grade eight. So yeah. I'm like, eh, five years. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really much for me. Yeah, exactly. And I guess a good thing too is just like you can easily just like, if you don't feel like being in the relationship anymore, you don't have to deal with the kids, don't have to deal with child support. Maybe. There's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of just like, cover like all the all the loving like all the fields and just like it's no nope, yeah, don't it's, have to deal with that anymore yeah, if, if like, i want to get to that point yeah it's pretty good yeah it's um it's definitely something that like i never really wanted to have like my own kids mm -hmm. um so it was never like something where i had like a burning like need or desire to yeah, have kids. yeah um but you know they're cool kids it, it's a totally different like lifestyle yeah so for me like i had a very very long, very, you know, enjoyable kind of single life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like ready to, to settle Sound down. down without having the kids by myself. Like, so good. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. I'm the luckiest guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So like uh, getting into like stand-up comedy, you, you started like a year ago and you did yeah. like all of the, um, all of that like pre-writing stuff. So like what, what do you have for like plan for the future? It's just like, do you actually have like something where like where you want to be or is it just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of just doing this as like a hobby while I still do, still do like TV producing? So I like very much look at my life like I'm paying with playing with house money. Mm -hmm. Like I did, I did, you know, I produced TV for like 20 years and yeah. done like super, super cool stuff. Like mm -hmm. I've done everything I would ever kind of want to do. So I'm doing this, I wouldn't say as a hobby, but I'm doing it for fun and with no like grand goals. Like I, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't have any grand goals of like fame or riches or anything mm -hmm. like that because, you know, I've produce some cool stuff. I've like had really cool experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just doing it really for myself. Okay. So I have like personal 
benchmarks and personal challenges and stuff that I kind of want to reach. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my one-year anniversary of stand-up is, I think it's, like, November 9th or something. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I did Comedy Kapow last year the first time. Okay. So, so I kind of was... That was your first show was Comedy yeah, Kapow. Yeah, yeah. I did, like, a second city show, like, yeah. level one showcase, but I don't count that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's sort of, like, when I marked the anniversary thing. Mm-hmm. So I usually, you know, look at things in, like sort of three to six month chunks in terms of like what the goal is going to be. Okay. So for the first like half of the year, it was very much like just get a solid polished five. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was like, I wanted to build up to like a a solid 10. So like more of the focus in the writing. Mm -hmm. The last couple of months, it's really just been focusing on performance. Yeah. So when I'm going out and doing sets, like I'm not doing as much new material because I want to just focus on performance stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking the material I have, but just getting more... More character into it. Like yeah. Kind of just develop... Because if you look at any comedian, it's just like they have a character behind any of their joke. Yeah. And I can't remember what comedian does it, uh, but what they do, I, I think it's like uh, Chris Rock, but what he does is like he goes, he just says his joke like plain. Yeah. When he does like a mic, he just says it plain without any like Chris Rock behind yeah. it. And then what he'll do is like if it lands, if it like, if he gets laughs, then he brings in like the... Then he brings in his, like, personality, his, his yeah. personality to the joke because then he knows that it can land without having any personality. Yeah, so I don't know what my personality is yet. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's just like still developing it. It's just like that's why we have to get out to a lot more. It's kind yeah. of like just develop more, write more. It's just like just bring your natural self out to everybody and let them see that. Yeah, so I feel like, I guess I've got like a tight 10 and like a loose 50. Yeah. So, you know, for now, like, the type of gigs I'd be getting, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I still write for the discipline of it, but yeah. for, like, performance and stuff, I'm not as concerned right now about building that set mm-hmm. because I'm, like, I think my ten's fine. Like, yeah, exactly. For the level I'm at, it's totally yeah. cool. And if it's getting laughter, like, every time, it's just, like, then you're clearly on the right track. It's, yeah. It's getting that. Yeah, and not every time, but you, yeah. you've been lucky. You've seen a couple good sets. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, but so for me, though, it's just becoming more comfortable with the performance stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to necessarily, when I'm up there, be trying to remember, like, the nuance of a joke. Yeah. So, I, you know, like, you know, the material. Like, I, I just want to kind of go up and just kind of play with presentation and, you know, intonation, energy levels, like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, over the next, like, sort of three to four months, um, I'm going to start like my own room and there's some other like video projects and stuff that I want to oh that's really do. awesome yeah. yeah you're letting everybody know that you're going to be starting a room so I am yeah if any comedians that are watching this hit up Paul Schmidt for for information on that when are you, when are you planning on starting that up uh is uh there's, so there's a I do trivia once a month with a bunch of guys called the questionnaires okay um so that's yeah so the guys okay. from that venue like I've talked to them uh, but we're just kind of finalizing the details. So hopefully mm-hmm. soon, like hopefully at some point in November. Is that in uh, like Whippy, Oshawa? Or? No, it's uh, Toronto. So Toronto? It's, oh, yeah, like Dundas and like Bathurst area. Oh, okay. It's not too far away from here then. I might have to check it out. Yeah, then. it's good. Yeah, Dundas Video is the, the place. So Dundas Videos? Dundas Video, yeah. It yeah. used to be the Magpie like back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, we do a trivia there last Thursday of every month. Last Thursday, okay. So you're gonna do like once a month, or are you gonna try to do like a? Like I'm gonna a try weekly? to do weekly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you can get a lot more stage time anyway, and it's just like you get a lot of more comedians. Kind of like builds up your like network with comedians too, because then they're talking with you to try, uh, to, try to get on shows. Yeah, there's that too. Like, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, like I see a lot of people booking some shows, and 
Um, I just know they produce shows, so that's like there's like a quick pro quo kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, oh, like I'll bring I'll bring on my show, you bring me on your show, and then there we go. Yeah, and, like do a show trade kind of thing. Yeah, but then I did my first like hosting show last week, mm-hmm. um, and I felt more like myself hosting than as a character. Oh, yeah. So it's part of the trivia stuff. Like I'm used to like hosting. Yeah, that, yeah. but hosting comedies of you know obviously a bit of a different mm-hmm. sort of beast than that. Um, so I hosted the general um, in Oshawa last okay. Tuesday or whatever day it was, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun, but it was a totally different vibe. And one of the things with me is, I guess, because I'm primarily like a, a writer background, yeah, is sometimes I can like I feel like I can be very, I don't know if it's stiff, but like like the jokes are sort of precise in the language, so yeah. I'm not necessarily like as loose as when I'm up there as mm-hmm. some other comedians might be. So. Okay. Um, that was the thing, doing the hosting mm-hmm. thing, you're just having a little bit more fun because you're a little bit loose. It, I was doing like actual intros for all the comedians that were up there and I was trying to do a little bit of, like not time, but like do like one or two like little jokes, especially if yeah. um, there were a couple of comics on the bill who didn't do so good. So yeah. you're trying to like yeah, yeah. build up the room a little bit for yeah. that. Yeah, because I'm person. looking at like getting into like doing my own show, like I'm trying to yeah. like, find out like all the details and then I'm going to go like do the pitch and I kind of like want to have like a nice little package set yeah. for that. Um, what was I, where was I going with this? So like, yeah, I want to have my own, I want to have my own show and everything. Like I want to, what were we just talking about? Were we? I was talking about hosting and just having, Oh yeah. Hosting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like I'm, I want to learn how to like host because mm-hmm. like I have yet to do a hosting. Like I've been in like this gig for, for a year, like I've been doing comedy for a year, and like yeah. I have no idea like how to host at all. Same as I only do. It so, <laughs> so like I want to try to get into like knowing exactly like how to do it, and I I've been reading up like on like what hosting is all about and everything. Like obviously, what, as soon as you're doing like your like as soon as you're out there, you're doing like five to ten minutes, like warm up the crowd. Yeah. Like talk to them, let them know what's going on, and then it's just like after that, it's just kind of like you're bringing up the next comedian after the next one. But if a comedian bombs, that's when you're kind of doing like. Uh, like crowd control it's just like okay let's bring this back over here let's bring it back to the funny so it's just like that's the job of like what like what i've been reading for like doing a host but like if the comedian is doing a lot better it's kind of like okay let's just keep it rolling let's bring up the next person just to kind of keep that yeah. flow and that way it's just like you're getting one funny after the next yeah so i think the main i look at a fundamental level is there's a difference between art and entertainment mm-hmm. so there's sometimes where you're an artist and there's sometimes where you're an entertainer Mm-hmm. So my background is like broadcast TV, mm-hmm. where we are very much entertainment. Yeah. You know, you're not, like, I produced, like, a morning TV show for a long time. That was not, like, my novel. That was not my vision of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fun gig. It was a great gig or whatever. But I was just, like, you know, producing for, you know, the audience. And that's what you're thinking about. Yeah. So when you're doing your own stand-up or you're doing your own set, it's your art. It's, like, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I'm very audience-focused. So yeah. I'm not up there, like... You know, I'm not doing therapy on stage or mm-hmm. that other yeah. stuff. Like, I'm very much like, I want people to laugh and all yeah. that other stuff. When you're a host, I feel like you have to be in entertainment mode. Mm-hmm. Like, you're responsible, because you're responsible for all the other comedians. Yeah. You're the one who's responsible for the audience. Mm-hmm. So someone's going to go up there, they're going to do whatever their own shit is, and they might have, like, a, you know, something that might not land. They might be taking yeah. chances that mm-hmm. might, you know, alienate an audience or something like that. Um, so as a host, though, your job is to make sure that the people have fun mm-hmm. and that you set a cl- like nice clean table for the other comedians so yeah. that when they go up there so if someone goes up and does something like maybe someone takes a chance and it's like wow that was highly racist so <laughs> yeah. you might want to like cleanse the palate a little at that point maybe do yeah. a couple of jokes get people going yeah kind of like make fun of like what they just said kind of like 
bring it out into the open. It's just like, let's just talk about the elephant yeah. in the room. Something just happened. Yeah. You guys obviously didn't like it. So let's make fun of that a little bit and just make fun of how you didn't like that experience. Yeah. So you got to be engaged in the show a little bit more than if you're doing your own set. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just going up there and you're doing like, you know, like five or 10 minutes or whatever yeah. on a bill and you could like listen to be like kind of in the room, mm -hmm. but you, you know, you don't necessarily have as much invested in it. Yeah. If you're hosting though, you're kind of responsible for everything. Like yeah. even if you're not producing the show, you're mm -hmm. still kind of, I think responsible for, yeah. for the the enjoyment of everyone. Yeah, exactly. Plus, it. like the producers, like entrusting you to yeah. do the job that they hired you to do for sure, which is host. So yeah. it's just like if you're not bringing that, it's just like what are the chances of them actually even bringing you back? Yeah. And plus, this is like everybody talks within the community anyway. Yeah. So if they find out that you're like a terrible host, like nobody else is going to want to have you as a host as well. Yeah. So for me, like I, when I was hosting, I was very much like, you know, you just kind of for me, I'm like you want to be positive mm -hmm. and you want to have a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So when I go up and I do my like my normal stand-up set, yeah. um, I think I have decent energy, but I'm not like quite as like boisterous. Yeah, like I'm yeah. trying, I'm definitely trying not to do a character. You're not more like Kevin Hart. You're just kind of like yeah. laid back and chill. Like, yeah, just doing like an Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, just doing my own shit and just try to like stay, you know, a little bit more back in the pocket. Mm -hmm. Whereas with you and your host, like when you're hosting, and I was very much trying to like amp people up and get people going and and stuff so it, it was just a different experience and i like actually really quite enjoyed it and i thought it was a good experience just energy wise because again i'm like in like focus on performance mode as opposed to focus on the writing mode yeah so there was definitely stuff from that so i did that tuesday night and then wednesday at corktown mm -hmm. um and again corktown there's like nobody there just yeah it's just yeah comedians yeah so it's like an open mic with like six people yeah. <laughs> in the back. I think there's more than six, but, yeah. um, but I was very much like trying to be a little bit more looser and a little bit more energetic mm -hmm. and that performance felt pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. Right. I like when you just like, kind of like naturally bring out yourself, you kind of like just relax. One thing that I've been doing that I've been like, like whenever people get nervous and everything, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to do like this thing where it's just like, you do like that superhero pose. Yeah. You stand there, like just stand up, do like a nice superhero pose and just do that for like two minutes before you're about to go on and it's supposed to like help out your leg. Yeah. Did like you take your, the second city classes? I did not yet. I'm trying, I've taken the improv classes, right. like improv for actors, but I have yet to take the actual stand up one, but I, I really want to get into it. Yeah. It's fun. It was really good. Like, mm -hmm. um, uh, I went, I did like the three levels of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and level two was super, super like, important and valuable oh yeah um like level one you learn writing so a lot of still just teach you like basic okay. joke structure like yeah, you know, yeah. Like premise setup and punch and stuff yeah. and it's just good to kind of get up there and do it mm -hmm. um you're i would say beyond like the it's it's not a bad experience to go yeah, through. yeah like i'd written for a long time but it was good too yeah, it's never, it's always good to like even do the basics like continuously. It's just like even with like any kind of martial arts, you always go back to the basics yeah. and you never forget them. Yeah, and um, yeah, the teachers are really, really great. So mm -hmm. it was it was awesome. Like, you know, even though I, you know, been writing for a while, I learned yeah. a lot. Level two is great. Level, because level two, it's basically like an open mic every week. Okay. And they give you writing assignments. So okay. it's like, hey, this week you're going to do like blue comedy mm -hmm. or you're going to do storytelling. Okay. Um, so like I'm not much. So of kind of, yeah, but it kind of gets you like to go into those like other yeah. categories, just so you can kind of get a sense of like what what people have to do to like write into that exactly. category. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, hey, I'm not really a great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. better like with like a like more traditional sort of, you know, set up punch yeah. things. Some people are really great storytellers, so it's a really good way to kind of experience different things. And then the other thing is, so level one, and I say this without any judgment, you, but you have a lot of people who are just taking it 
to, you know, because they want to be comfortable public speaking or they want to be comfortable with whatever else in their life. Yeah. So a lot of the level one people, it's like, Tourist, maybe. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Level just testing the waters and everything. Yeah, so level two is great because everyone has gone through level one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're much more enthusiastic. Okay. So those are like Sean Small, who you yeah, yeah last week. Um, Sean and I were in level two together. And mm-hmm. so we just started going to mics together. Okay. And, you know, there's like, you know, a group of us kind of that came out of that who were just, especially when you're starting out, it's good to like have just, you know, friendly relationships with people. Yeah, exactly. Like, be friends with, like, everybody. That's the thing that I've been noticing a lot. Yeah. It's like, nobody wants to bring back a dick, but everybody always wants, like, the dick may be funny, Yeah. nobody wants to bring back the dick. Like, For sure. I'd rather be the nice guy and, like, sort of funny. Yeah. Because then, like, I had the chances of me getting that more open mics is, like, yeah. or even, like, book shows is a lot higher. Yeah. There are a lot of, like, people that, that you'll see and you're like, wow, that person's not very funny. They are really nice, though, so I can see yeah. why they get on, like, a lot of book shows. Yeah, exactly, and, so. and that's that's extremely key here. It's just, mm-hmm. like, just being a nice guy. Like, um, I don't know if you've seen, like, those um, those Booker videos from uh, when Yuck um, Yucks did, like, the, they brought the Bookers in so that everybody knew. It's like, oh, what to expect for, like, when people yeah. are trying to, like, do book. And they had, like, clean show material and all yeah. that stuff. So it's just, like, like, the major thing that, like, they were saying is just, like, we don't book dicks like we book only people that are nice yeah so it's just like it doesn't matter how funny you are we just want to deal with somebody who can, we can actually work with because it's a collaboration you're creating for most of these shows they're creating a show so if you have to be able to like work with everybody else yeah to create a great show for the audience and that's ultimately what it comes down to yeah you want someone who's like professional reliable mm-hmm. and yeah just not not an asshole like someone that you could envision going on a road trip with yeah so think about like you're doing a weekend in Red Deer or something mm-hmm. like that. You're going to be stuck, you know, you'll have a couple hours at the club in, you know, at night. Yeah. But otherwise you're spending like potentially from like a Thursday to a Sunday in Red Deer. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I uh, spent a fair amount of time in Alberta. Red Deer is lovely. But you're going to be bored out of your mind and you want someone who would kind of be like a cool hang. Yeah. So that just becomes like really, really important. The last thing you want to do is like have someone who's an asshole in your on the road affect your performance because yeah, if someone's exactly. a dick they just bring everyone down around you yeah i like those people that just like talk with you when you're on the road and it's just like because mm-hmm. like i don't travel like very far but like when i do like sometimes with my brother or like other people yeah uh what we just do is just like riff like on the road yeah sometimes i'll like even like put my phone up and just like have a recording it's just like okay let's be funny this kind of like forces to just like be funny oh, yeah. if we're just like being recorded and like we'll come up with like some great material just from like doing riffs off of each other oh yeah like when i was at the comedy network like 100 years ago mm-hmm. um we used to go to jfl in montreal like every year okay um so we used to, the delta hotel was like where everyone stayed at the time yeah um <clears throat> so it was great everyone would just like hang out in the delta bar and mm-hmm. you know it was you know for me it was great because i would just like sort of sit back and um just watch like amazing people just riff back and forth mm-hmm. um and it that's the whole thing is you're just it's a really it, it like the it, comedy community like community is a big part of it mm-hmm. so yeah it's just a lot of people just like hanging out making each other laugh in a in a way where there's like a little bit of ball busting but like yeah just like, it's funny it's funny to do that ball busting because yeah. like if you're friends this is like you know it's like it's just playful you know you got it yeah but you can really like tell when somebody's being serious about like whatever they're saying yeah and that's and then that person's an asshole yeah and then exactly that person, <laughs> then that person won't be there uh, there's a there's a guy um john katucci who um he hosts a show called you gotta eat here okay um, he's on the food network mm-hmm. so he's in a comedy duo called the do-ops okay 
And so I used to write on a show, the Duops, I think, did their first TV on that show. Mm-hmm. I've known John forever. He's one of the funniest talkers I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, really? Anytime you go out with him, it is just amazing. It's yeah. so much, like, Carla and I went for dinner with, uh, with them in Montreal, and it was, like, one of the funniest laughs I've ever had. Yeah. When I was living in Calgary, he was shooting a show in Calgary, and <clears throat> I was on a date with someone and then there was like it was kind of like almost a group thing so John was there and we happened to be going to like one of his favorite restaurants Mm -hmm. so it was the best because he like kind of came in just made everybody laugh or whatever Um, Bill came you know the two of us kind of split it threw the money down I was like peace out he left I was like this is amazing this is like the best wingman you could possibly have just because he's funny as hell yeah Yeah. I want to get there at that point it's just like that's what I'm trying to do with like so much writing and like that's what I've been seeing a lot like even just like looking at other comedians yeah and it's just like the more you obviously write it's like the more your brain is just like wired to like just write jokes consistently because yeah. like people that that are like rodney dangerfield mm-hmm. like the master of like one-liners like i feel like with him he's just like constantly writing to a point where it's just like he's just constantly writing in his brain now and he doesn't have to put the the words on a paper it's just like he's putting the words in his brain and that's where he just came up with like all the genius of it yeah and there's little tricks you learn like as you're going through it like mm-hmm. there's just like basic structure stuff yeah exactly like a lot of Rodney Dangerfield's stuff is I don't want to say it's formulaic but yeah. it's like okay you whatever you have as like a like a premise or an observation or something mm-hmm. like that you there's shortcuts there are other you know there's only so many different like joke structures you have yeah, oh yeah for so sure. if as you become more comfortable in them if mm-hmm. you have an idea or you have something then you're like okay I'm going to do this and kind of put this here yeah and that's you know as you become like I say more experienced as a writer yeah then that just becomes easier. So mm-hmm. you become a lot faster, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Because so it sure. just becomes second nature. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying your your joke structure is just your basic, like, the premise, setup, and then the punchline. You kind of, like, focus more around that. So I tr- I'm trying to do a thing right now because, like, I want to be relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I want to be able to do well at... Like, we both did Yuck Yuck Sasha, right? Yeah. So... That, and that was a great night. You did really, really well. Mm. Um, everyone did. Really everyone well. did great. Cause yeah. It was a great crowd that was oh, out there yeah, that wanted to laugh. Yeah. So that is going to be a different crowd than what you're going to do at like the Winona or something like mm-hmm. that, which I love. Like Winona's like I one of my favorite. Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah, so good. Crowd? Great and really, really smart. Though. Okay. It's, it's, okay. it's um, Wednesday nights are really good for open minds. Like yeah. I really like Fate a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Cortan's fun. Winona's great. But, okay. Um, yeah, Wednesday's sort of like my favorite open mic night. Okay. Um, but it's a, just a different thing. So mm-hmm. you're performing for like, again, for lack of a better word, just like civilians, like just yeah. normal people who are out there and want to laugh. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm very, or try to be cognizant of like what's going to land in an open mic or what's going to land at like the SoCap on a Sunday night. Yeah. It might not, something might not land there mm-hmm. that will land in like the Oshawa Yuck Yucks yeah. thing or with like normal crowd or in front yeah. of normal people. So. For me, I'm trying to entertain the normal people. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely want to get laughs from, like, the Panona crowd. Yeah. Um, and those like you're laughs... Looking, you're looking more for more of, like, a broad, like, spectrum rather than, yeah. like, narrowing it down, which is what some people do. Yeah. So what I'm trying to... Do, what I try to do, or at least, like, the approach I... Like, especially with the stuff... Like, the stepdad stuff or yeah. whatever. Because, like, there are no stepdads or very few stepdads mm-hmm. you're going to see at the Panona crowd or whatever. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll take the premise, mm-hmm. um, like, and try to go in a different, like, a way that isn't necessarily hack with it. Okay. So, like, structure, so, like, one of the, the jokes um, that I have is, and this is 100% true, 
<coughs> was one day one of the girls, like one of the girls, the girl, like the, <laughs> the stepdaughter, um, she, she was watching like RuPaul's Drag Race and afterwards asked, what's a bleached asshole? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, uh, the response was Guy Fieri. So, which, so for me, like, and that, that was one of the things, so, in the, so I had the joke at that point, because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what's that? This. I'm like, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had, it was, so I had the, the joke, which I, you know, I think is okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how do I work it into the act? So that was one where I went backwards with the premise, where the setup is like stepfather stuff. Yeah. So you're, I'm trying to do something that's like relatable or not like mm-hmm. super, super um, out there. Yeah. But then, you know, so it's like kids ask a lot of questions because kids ask a lot of questions. They, they, they yeah. really, <laughs> like I, really do. I have like, I have two nieces and like they, like one of them asks like every time she sees me, she's like, oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? What's yeah. this? What's this? And I'm like, you're so curious, aren't you? Yeah. Shit. And then, but then they'll ask shit that's like, like the bleach asshole one. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when I'm like doing this, the stepfather thing, which, you know, I'm not like, I'm aware that like people do parenting stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're downtown, like most people can't necessarily relate to it. Yeah. So I'm trying to do what I think is like a relatable, you know, n- like normal relatable like it premise. Sh- it should still be relatable anyway, because most of the time, like maybe they even have like for sure maybe they've had step parents yeah. in their lifetime maybe their parents got divorced and everything yeah. so it's just yeah, like yeah it's, it's not super out there yeah you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah people really... people do know about it so I feel like on a certain sense they could still sort of relate because yeah. like it's just having like a, another parent that's yeah, there it's not everybody's like, had a parent yeah it's not like the most super I mean like for the people that are watching this that don't have parents because they were abandoned but yeah I know or the orphans <laughs> there are people like that are like Paul that will that will just gotta step I up will, on the I know I know I know yeah <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so what I try to do though is I try yeah. to like make it not like make the joke not be like cute or like the parents or whatever. So a lot of times okay. what I'll do is I'll be like, "Hey, this is a, this is like a normal kind of clean setup," mm-hmm. and then I might go like dirty with the punchline. Okay. It's kind of the approach that yeah, yeah. that I have been taking. Though. Have you been trying to do, that, do like more rated R like parent stuff? Like see how that would relate? Are you trying to like just stick with more clean? Um, I. Tr- I th- well, I thought my stuff was clean, and then someone was like, no, it's not. Yeah. Because I'll, like, say, bleach asshole, which I'm yeah. like, the, the kid said it when she was 12. <laughs> um, and it 100% came from an honest place. So the boy, like, legitimately asked, like, why do people masturbate? I'm like, well. Mm-hmm. So those are, like, actual things. So I, you know, I think blue laughs are easy laughs, but I'll take them. Yeah. So what I'll try I mean, to it's do. Just like, it's just that, like, area that is just, like, you know people have dirty minds. Like, yeah. There's not one person on this earth that does not have a dirty mind. I mean, like, probably not Mr. Rogers, but, like... Yeah, You gotta sure. think, maybe he whacked off, but like, But Mr. Dress-Up, I drank with Mr. Dress-Up. Uh, Did you? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, he's He was filthy. He was, was a filthy he? guy, yeah. Like a Pee Wee Herman kind of filthy? No, 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 <laughs> like, really funny, but oh, just okay. very... It was fun drinking with Mr. Dress-Up. Oh, you actually drank with him? And yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, he was at... Um, so Carla had a show, and... Um, yeah, we had, like amazing guests on the show one of whom was mr Grasso. yeah uh he was great yeah yeah so what was like the entire like whole tv producing like situation like like did you want to be a tv producer like did you go to school for it yeah i went to ryerson for okay. um radio tv i actually majored in audio production okay um because i was in bands when i was in university and mm-hmm. uh, you're kind of around audio all the time so it's like yeah and like well. tv is very much like group work mm-hmm. um whereas audio production tends to be more individual okay um so i was like yeah i, I just you know 
kind of want to do my thing and, yeah. and major that. And, and yeah, I, I really liked it. So mm-hmm. we would do actually comedy sketches for for audio. Okay. Um, you know, with like sound effects and music mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That was sort of like my thesis project yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Um, but it's fun. But anyway, I graduated and um, <clears throat> I was actually going to go to law school. Yeah. Like I got into Osgood and was going to go. And that summer, um, a friend of mine used to write for, uh, my buddy Ben um, was a writer on a show called It's Alive, which was back on YTV, like back in the day. Okay. Um, his boss was in charge of production of the Comedy Network. Mm-hmm. So they would do like sketches and stuff and they would always need like extras or background performers or whatever. So yeah. I was like, I'm not doing anything, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. And then I was shooting, we were doing like parodies of the the heritage moments. We called them uh, Canadian sacrilege moments. <laughs> Uh, so we were doing one, the person who was their production coordinator, she was getting married, so she was moving away. Um, yeah. and they're like, do you want a job here? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting a job at the Comedy Network, uh, skipping law school yeah. and just ended up working there. So it started, we did a lot of stuff more with the like improv scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more like the second city people, um, like Colin Mockery, like those types yeah, of guys, yeah. um, was sort of where I started out and then we would do a lot of specials. So okay. there was like cream of comedy and all these other sort of specials that would have more stand-ups. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, kind of started meeting more of the stand-up people. And then Carla, who was a TV personality, she did a lot of entertainment stuff. Yeah. Um, but her background was in stand-up as well. She got a show. Mm-hmm. So we just really hit it off. And, um, I remember it was, it was like a Monday and she used to workshop all of her monologues, um, at the Rivoli. Okay. Uh, for the Alta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the guy who was writing with her um, just kind of would like, very talented comedian, just like his wasn't really on her, like their vibe was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so he submitted a set and she's like, I can't do this. So they turned to me because I've been doing some like sketch writing and they're like, hey, you're going to write her set for tonight. <laughs> I was like, I've never written stand up. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, the first Good time for everything, yeah, right? <laughs> Um, so the Oscars had been the night before, Mm -hmm. um, I ended up writing like just like five minutes of stuff about that. Went over really well and then we kind of, um, were like a team for a long time. That's really cool. Yeah. And then so I would do that stuff on the side and then from the TV producing side of things, um, I did a lot of, I started doing a lot of entertainment stuff. So Mm -hmm. like e-talk and then much music and that sort of stuff and then ended up doing like breakfast television and a bunch of other stuff. That's amazing. From there. You just kind of had like a whole... A whole bunch of experience, like doing everything that's in there. Like, yeah, it was great. BT was awesome because it was yeah. like a bunch of different things. Yeah. So there's like the new side of stuff, but then you're doing like celebrity entertainment stuff. You're doing like cooking segments or mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. lifestyle stuff. Yeah. So it was and good. It just was... had a whole bunch of. Can't remember that show that my my girlfriend got like tickets to like one of the one of the shows. Uh, so that woman. City Line or was it Marilyn Dennis? Marilyn Dennis, yeah. yeah. She was on the Marilyn Dennis. Like she got tickets to go see yeah. that, and I'm just like, that's pretty cool because she wanted to like she went she went with her mom and her like her grandmother, so it was oh, all yeah. three of them. They got all like fancy dodge just because they're like, oh, I'm gonna be on the Marilyn Dennis yeah. show. They're going all crazy about it. And yeah, yeah. When I was uh, my parents did the same thing. My mom, not my parents, my mom. Like, yeah, my, my dad did not go. My, <laughs> yeah, right. my mom like, and my grandmother. Went. Why are you going to this she show? Was so like, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. a chick show. Yeah, but wow. it's fun. Yeah, P- TV's. Um, TV was a lot of fun. There was like really cool, especially a show like BT. It's like yeah. a huge, very popular show. So. so, what was like the best moment that you had like doing the uh, TV producing? Um, oh my god, there's so like to pick one. It's like it's so hard. Like Much Music, it was just like seeing bands rehearse. Mm-hmm. Like Soundcheck at Much Music was the best. Like you know, I remember 
so I wrote the MMBAs, uh, co-wrote the MMBAs with my friend Tammy in like 04 and 05. Mm -hmm. So when you write the MMBAs, um, you don't have anything to really do during the show. Yeah. Um, so it was great. Like you would go watch sound checks. So I remember there was this like new artist named Kanye West who oh was God. performing. So like, and like, so he was doing Jesus Walks, which was like going to be his new single and John Legend was like painting the piano. Yeah. Um, Beastie Boys were performing and like me and my buddy, um, Alex, we were, we were the crowd. Mm -hmm. So it was just the two of us sort of like standing at the front. Yeah. And then like all the other, cause during soundcheck, like they don't let the public mm -hmm. in. So they're like back behind like fences and stuff. Yeah. And so like, so just you two guys are just like chilling like, yeah, we're just sort of like feet this up. This is walking. amazing. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you would have all those sort of things like the white stripes would perform like we're doing oh like a, an I and I. So you just kind of got like a hint of like everybody just like doing all their sound checks. Oh, that's great. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, Jane's Addiction came in. I was a big Jane's fan, so Jane's mm -hmm. Addiction came in, and surprisingly, they were early. Yeah. So they were, you know, and it was like during the afternoon, so I think, let's just say live programming started, let's just say f three or four or whatever. So yeah. they were instead of like half an hour early, and they were like, do you guys mind if we just play? Yeah. And we're like, sure. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so Dave Navarro's like sitting on my desk, and then oh, Jane's Addiction's just playing. I was like, this yeah. is... The greatest. Did you ever get like pictures with all of them, or? Uh, I wasn't really like the picture kind of guy. Yeah. Like I was more, I would collect anecdotes as opposed to like oh, okay. photos of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the one of the cool, like, so for the step kids, one of the cool things mm -hmm. was um, Stan Lee. Like his last, like yeah. last time he was in Canada, mm -hmm. he was doing Comic Con. So um, he came in, and so like I was like supervising producer BT. So um, you kind of like, kind of I could pretty much go wherever I wanted. Yeah. Things so. Um, the kids were kind of coming in because they just wanted to like see him mm -hmm. thing. So I was just like, okay, you guys just sit in the green room and just sort of sit down. And Stanley came in and there was like a bit of shtick. Like um, Frankish, our host, was like out on the street and was yeah. like interviewing as he came in. And then so I was like talking to Stan as he came in and the publicist or whatever and like whatever. And then I'm like, you know, taking him in. And he is like elderly person. Yeah. So you're being a little bit gentle and like have a seat. And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that the kids are there. Because mm -hmm. it was like, like I mean, you don't want to like, sub, you know, not subject him to like whatever. Yeah, but you're like, <laughs> not the most professional moment of my career. Yeah. But he was, he was like very happy and started talking to, um, uh, like my stepson. And yeah. He was asking a lot of questions. I would imagine. Why, I mean, like, like Stanley's right there. Yeah. He's, so he's, he's asking. He's, me. Yeah. If he's perfectly cool with it, like, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. He was great. He was like super, super cool. So for um, them, like, I took a photo of like Dina, the host, yeah. um, like pulled the kids up and. Um, took a photo with him. So that was cool. Like, I would much rather, you know, create just, a moment for someone yeah. else and for me, because, like, not to sound, like, you know, super cool or whatever, but, like, I, I've met a lot of celebrities yeah. kind of through the show, like, mm -hmm. not because I'm anything, but just yeah. for the shows that I worked on. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really get that, like, impressed. Or, mm -hmm. like, Cause you're just like, yeah, because you're around it all the time. So yeah, it's yeah, just like, when you get around it all the time, it's just like, eh. Like yeah, they're, they're, like they're, that's, they're, they're just normal people. So exactly. It's not like so it's when they get to their level and they're hanging around other celebrities, they're like, yeah, eh, you're just a normal person. Yeah, like there's a couple times where you're like, like I remember um, I was in Calgary mm -hmm. and a publicist friend of mine was doing this thing, like, and Gordy Howe was there. Yeah. And I was like, it's fucking Gordy Howe. Like, that's yeah. pretty fucking cool. Right. <laughs> like, so at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm a Fangirl little bit. Fangirling a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was hilarious. But that was mm -hmm. one of those things where I was like, you're just aware it's Gordy Howe. Like, yeah. He's like a you know, Gordy Howe. Yeah. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Like so, there's those sort of moments where it's like pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But, 
So do you have like a person that you would like ultimately want to meet then? Like if you've already met so many people, like who do you think, like who would you want to actually like meet? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. So I like, I've interviewed Chris Rock um, a couple of times. So really? he would have been. Like an actual like full like 10 minute interview? Or? Yeah, we did a junket. Carla did the junket in for like Osmosis Jones, like an animated oh, movie. Oh yeah, had, I remember like, Osmosis Jones. Yeah, so we did that. So we were in there with him and then um, he did for his documentary like the the hair documentary, I forget the name of what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did like a tip red carpet, so I talked to him for like a few minutes on red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like one, he's like on my Matt Rushmore of comedians. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's just like, he's, he's a normal person. Yeah, I would imagine. That's yeah, good. so um, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't really have like that, like anyone that I'm like, oh, I'd really like to meet mm-hmm. people. There are people I'd like to have like an actual conversation with like I think so who would, who would you pick well so comedian wise like I am um, I'm a big Patton Oswalt fan okay so I think yeah. Patton would be a guy that you know under if the right circumstances were there and you're it's like not weird mm-hmm. um he he's a guy that I think would be an interesting guy to talk I to. would I would like to write with him he's want, his language is just I want to be in I just want to be in a room with him and just like let's just like write something out yeah like I, I love the way that he writes and it's just like everything that he writes is just fantastic yeah like his references and like there's the way he like he's a guy who's a great joke teller but he's also tells like amazing stories yeah so he's a guy that would be be great mm-hmm. like, um, anyone else i don't know there's a lot of, so the the comedian i would be most like nervous and not because of like whatever but so for me when i was a kid my sister and i had eddie murphy delirious on mm-hmm. audio cassette okay and we played that so much that i had that like memorized yeah like top to bottom and then I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, now I see, because there's like some visual things that he'll do where mm-hmm. that'll get a laugh and you're like, oh, I can see why people are laughing or what he's referring to mm-hmm. there. So he was like, like for my money, I think that's the best set that anyone's ever done. Yeah. Um, the first, if you haven't seen it, the first like say half hour, 40 minutes, didn't age well. No, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like in. the first joke that he was talking about was calling like gays, like, yeah, there's a lot like, of gay yeah, stuff. There's a lot of gay stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. an awful lot of that. Doesn't age well at all. It's different Not at all. Um, but he's coming back. He's making a comeback. And that's the thing. You know, like Dolomite came out this week. Um, and yeah, he's going to do stand up again. Yeah. So he's a guy, like, have you seen his comedian in cars with. Uh, yes, yeah, I watched. I've seen every single one of those. So I'm that's like, one where you, like, it's rare that you see Seinfeld, mm-hmm. like, a little bit fangirling over someone. That might be an overstatement, but yeah. he very much, like, looks at him as not just a peer. Mm-hmm. But when Seinfeld was coming up, like, Eddie Murphy was, like, the comedian. Yeah. Like, he, that was, like, sort of the pinnacle of, of Eddie Murphy's height. So yeah. I feel like if, you know, you were to ever meet Eddie Murphy, he would disappoint in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but he's a guy that, um, for me, like, I'm very, very interested to see if he comes back and does another special. Like, I, I think, like, I've been hearing rumors that he's going he's to talking make, about it. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Netflix has paid him, like, $70 million for something. So Yeah. Who knows what Can't he's going to... They didn't pay him $70 million for Dolomite, so... Yeah, right? <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what uh, what he does. Like, How was that movie? Was it- I haven't watched it yet, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, the original Dolomite's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a cheesy 70s black yeah, yeah, kind right. of way. Yeah. But, um, reviews have been good. Yeah. Reviews I've, I've have heard been... like, really good things about it, so, like, I might even check it out just to see how it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to watch it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do I have any comedians that I would... I have so many comedians that I would... Yeah, know. like, so who... Yeah, who are your guys? Like, I, like, I keep saying this, but everybody, every time I say it, like, his name, everyone's just like, why? But, like, I love Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's a great comedian. I love There's him so much, because he's just, like, he has such a huge audience that he yeah. connects with. 
Like he has so much energy, has so much drive to be literally like the best comedian that there yeah. is. And like I'm pretty sure like he's he's got that title. Like him and him and Seinfeld are like are like pretty much like like neck to neck right now with like being the best stand up comedians that are out right now. In sure like based on like grossing or Well, like grossing, but just like overall, like with the amount of like fans that they have and it's just like the amount yeah. of people that just love them. Yeah, Kevin Hart's like super, super popular. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can deny Yeah, and what I love he does. I love that everything that he's done, like getting into stand up comedy, to getting into like doing acting roles and now mm-hmm. he's working with the rock and unfortunately like right now he had that whole accident. Yeah. So he's been out since like August and like nothing on like any of his social media. He's just been more focused on like getting just like recovering. Yeah, as he and should, I'm just yeah, like, as he I, should, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. Because yeah. like I think they were saying like he has like four months of recovery because of that accident. Well, I would think at least, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God. But just imagine like he was still he was driving like doing so much and like doing like I, I don't know if they finished um I think they finished um the um the Jumanji, Jumanji? Yeah, yeah Jumanji two or three or whatever the, yeah, the second of the reboot started, the yeah. second of the reboot yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, he had all of that going for him. And I'm like, oh my God, just one accident just like takes you out. And you're like... Well, yeah, I mean, it's... Oh God. Yeah, well, that's life, man. Like, yeah. it's it's super, you know, we're all, it's, you know, we're all poisoned the end of the needle. So, yeah. you know, you just enjoy and make the most of what you're doing. Yeah. Really, this kind of thing. Yeah, Kevin Hart, there's no shame in liking Kevin Hart. Yeah, exactly. I don't have any shame at all. And like, yeah. the one thing that I really hated was like how people were going back in the day, like, when he was trying to host the Oscars. Yeah. And people were going back into the time of, like, oh, but you said all of this stuff, like, but that was the comedy back then. Well, it's a comedy evol- back then, and there's a Comedy whole- evolves. Like, yeah. people realize that they're mistakes. It's like, don't force an apology out, because they're obviously not going to be sincere about it. Yeah. So, like, it's like, in a Can- like, it's like a Canadian apology. It's just, like, everybody expects us to say sorry. But really, like, our sorries are like, yeah, we don't really don't... We're just obligated to say we're sorry yeah but it's not like there's no meaning behind it yeah it's t- i mean yeah it's tough the way that everything gets um gets sort of relitigated like yeah. um but yeah i mean it's it's i don't even know that there's a right answer for the like i find the whole it's not just the me too thing but like yeah, the, whole the whole like going back sort of politically like, correctness kind of like yeah. thing now it's like it's a tough one to evaluate like yeah so i have not I did not mention this on any of the social channels because I didn't want to be like um, attacked. But so, yeah. like Louis C.K. when he was at Yuck Yuck, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I one hundred percent want to see that. Yeah. So I was. There's like, so many people that wanted to see it. Like, I sit in front row for. It. Yeah. Like, we, like as soon as I saw that was that was up there, I was like, I just dying to see how he deals with this because mm-hmm. I am like, um, and I had heard that those stories like for years. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I just was like. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I, the way I was looking, I was like, I wasn't like trying to like say that that's not a big deal or, or whatever, mm-hmm. just try to gloss over it. I just wanted to see how he dealt with it. Yeah. I think uniquely he as a comedian is like uniquely skilled to deal with it. Like if you look at the Aziz special. Yes. I saw and that Aziz's, Aziz's situation is entirely different because yeah. he's like. But he still like dealt with the situation in his special, which is like what. I think, like, a comedian, like, when you get called out for that kind of stuff, the best person to, like, talk about it is the person themselves because they're going to be more honest than all of these news outlets are going to be. Yeah, well, with Aziz, it was tough because it's, like, it's arguable that he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for him, it was, like, was it a bad date? Was it a sexual assault? Like, I don't want to, you know... Yeah, it, there's, so many, there's so many things that we actually just don't know about the whole situation. Exactly. Like, it's, he's going to tell his story. There's she's no gonna factor. Tell like, there's a whole bunch of shit yeah. on that that was, like... 
Um, I don't think it was his shining moment, but I think, you know, he's also like, I don't want to admit that I did anything wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, that's just, you know, his position. Mm-hmm. So he was in a very uncomfortable position, place to deal with it, so he just kind of tapped it and danced around it. Yeah. With Louis, there's zero, you know, zero sort of defense, or there's no, like, you know, oh, I didn't necessarily know that was wrong. It's like, he, I think, 100%, you know, knows it's wrong, is kind of, like, living up to it and, and facing it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to see how he would deal with it because I think as a writer and just the takes that he'll, he'll like he'll take a premise and just the angle that he takes on it mm-hmm. I just find really really interesting Yeah. so in that case I went to see just how he would handle it because I was like I'm, you know as someone who is in this business and you know always in the past look up to this guy as a writer mm-hmm. I'm dying to see for myself how he deals with it as opposed to like reading tweets and articles and reviews and stuff after it. Yeah, for sure. Like, I just think it's like, it's completely bananas how like everybody just like kind of blows things up rather than just like, okay, let's just actually have like a talk. I like the way you work the name of the podcast into the I've been trying to do I've been trying to like slowly do that. It's nice, it's good. Instead of like saying crazy, like I'll say bananas. But like, so yeah, I I think it's really bananas how like, like, just everybody blows everything out of proportion. Like, even with this whole Justin Trudeau thing, he's going to be our new prime minister for the next four years. Well, probably two. Probably yeah. two. Everybody <laughs> thinks it's two because he didn't get the majority. Yeah. But it's just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, he had all of this stuff from the past. Why wasn't that brought up the first election? Why is it being brought up now? And that's the, that ended up, like, him bringing it up now, that probably was the reason why he ended up winning was because all the attention was on him. The same thing with, like, Trump. Yeah. Trump was doing a whole bunch of like racist things and getting all the people that are also like racist to like kind of be with them and it's just like I'm also going to do all these other, these other things I'm going to build that wall I'm going to do all these things kind of bringing that attention towards him there's slightly different situations but yeah. I do think that like um, yeah I think there's definitely um, and it's like, like so you know I'm from Oshawa and yeah. you know it's a it's if you get out of the city then you, and you talk to people and mm-hmm. it's this thing where these are real people, nice people yeah. who have a different sort of take on stuff. Oh, and yeah, for so sure. for, I, that's why I like talking like just with everybody because I'm like, yeah. I want to know what your, your take is. Exactly. I'm like, I just kind of like want to battle it and see what, see what the other side says. I lived in Alberta for, you know, half of my 30s. Like I know mm-hmm. there are really good people in there who yeah. have opinions about climate change that I don't agree with but that doesn't mean they're horrible human beings. Yeah. Um, in... I think a lot of people um, outside of, like, the city, so, like, outside of, like, whatever, mm-hmm. resent that fact. Like, they might have a different opinion about something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're painted as wrong or as a horrible person. So, mm-hmm. like, from... Like, I can kind of... So I'm like a, like I'm a lefty liberal in my heart. Okay. Um, you know, like I side with, you know, all those causes, Mm -hmm. but I think as as a general discourse, I think that people would be better served. And I think the, like, not to be full of like, full of my own ass or whatever, (laughs) it's full of shit as I say this, but no, I think like people need to be like understanding and like a bit more sympathetic and appreciative of other people who may have different views just mm-hmm. largely just from a pure pragmatic standpoint yeah you're not gonna convince someone otherwise if you're a dick like oh yeah for sure um like sarah silverman mm-hmm. who is you know i you know a champion of liberal causes and, and everything mm-hmm. like i think what she does 
like there have been a few times where she's reached out to people who've like gone after her on Twitter and you know there was one guy who reached out and she um, like just looked at his um, uh, account and saw that he was going through health things and kind of reached out and I think she helped raise some money raise support so this support for this guy mm-hmm. so that he could get whatever sort of healthcare stuff that he needed and yeah. that was just like compassion and that was sympathy mm-hmm. and even though this is someone who in her case is like a, like insulted her horribly yeah um and has different views like everyone's still people and i think yeah. that as a community like as a society we'd be better served by people just sort of helping each other out yeah just having like giving people maybe the benefit of the doubt or just not tuning them out initially like see what their situation is first and then kind of like make a judgment based off of that because if they're going through something obviously people are going to get upset they're going to like emotionally be upset like all the time because it's always constantly like on their mind yeah so they're just bringing that negativity out it's just like just because they're bringing it out doesn't mean they're like always going to be like that it's just probably maybe they had just have something going on behind the scenes that you just don't know about yeah everybody has their own like stuff behind the scenes that nobody ever like really talks about because that's something that really like I feel like even, like, the whole Joker movie brought up is, just like, something that people don't really like talking about. Yeah. Like, stuff that happens behind the scenes. And like, yeah, and there's a thing, too, where, like, the... Sometimes the communication... Like, the, or the, the dialogue around something or the narrative that comes out of something. Like, yeah. Um, so, I... Like, the Joker thing, I'd read everything, and they were like, this is the most dangerous movie of all time, mm-hmm. and this is, like, you know... Uh, going to inspire like incel culture yeah yeah I heard a lot about that so I went to see the movie and I'm like because you know you see that um, you know he's got this relationship or whatever and then Mm -hmm. you watch the movie and it's like this that is barely in the movie like it's such a yeah and it's certainly not like you know like you know the Zazie Beats character is kind of like woven through it Mm -hmm. but not in any significant way and you certainly wouldn't say that their relationship is kind of what inspired him so like my you know my reading on it was like a little bit different, I think, than whatever that outrage discourse was. Yes. So, you know, that was, again, for me wanting to go see Louis in person Mm -hmm. because I don't... I want to make my own judgment. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm... You know, I'm a big boy. I can kind of make my own own distinctions. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's what I hate about, like, everybody and, like, making all their opinions online and everything like that. I'm like, I would rather just go see a movie myself or, like, anything and just form my own opinion because I'm like, I'm going to have a different opinion than what everybody else is going to say. I just want to see that it's, you know, see what it actually yeah, is. See. Make up my own mind about that. Yeah, for stuff. sure. You know, so I, like, I can appreciate both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, for me, um, yeah, I just kind of want, like, you know, so, like, I, you know, my coming of age was in the 90s. So there were movies, like, a movie like Natural Born Killers mm-hmm. and all that shitstorm of controversy that came out when, when that came out. Like, yeah. I watched it because I was like, that's an, you know, brilliant director. Um, this, you know, Tarantino's... I don't know if you wrote the screenplay or wrote the story around it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, shit, I want to, I want to see that, that movie. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, a big boy and can, um, can judge that. That mm-hmm. movie nowadays, I don't know that it would ever get made, let alone released. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of like a, an element of that that I'm like, yeah. you know, I definitely sympathize with like, where people are coming from, but mm. I worry a little bit about like just sort of the divisiveness and the, yeah. that we have. It's not healthy, <laughs> right? And now that I, now that I have two step kids, I actually have to worry about this shit. Yeah, exactly. It was great before when I didn't have any responsibility. Yeah, now you got to be dead in twenty years. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, and the thing that I really noticed about like the whole Joker movie, uh, to come back to that, uh, is that like yeah, talking about like the whole mental Ill- like illness and like 
yeah. issue and everything around that is just like the fact that he also got his like the funding cut for like his social worker so the social yeah, worker couldn't sure. even get the job so it's just like how much money are we even putting into like mental health and health like health uh, versus like everything else yeah so it's like why are we not just putting more more money into that like you can the only thing that we can get in canada right now like for free is a psychiatrist we can only do that but that's only if we're getting like suicidal we have to talk to our doctor to get a recommendation that he will see a psychiatrist other than that you have to pay for your own therapist or you have to pay for your own psychologist psychologist or your own counselor you have mm -hmm. to pay for all of those or if you're like work is lucky enough they'll actually pay for like some of those costs for you yeah but even still like we're coming out of that out of our pocket so it's just like most people don't want to spend like over a hundred dollars for one set for one hour session because like no most people can't even afford that well yeah it's tough. like i mean i'm lucky that i'm in a situation where i have like a good job and i've got you know benefits and everything mm -hmm. but yeah like mental health oh, yeah is exactly like, you got to think about the people that they don't, don't have, don't have no, such a great, they don't have such a great yeah. job. They don't have great benefits. They're yeah. working like nine to five. They're probably yeah. working like even more than that. They're working so many like different six jobs. jobs and stuff like that. And the yeah. amount of stress that people, that we have these days. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just as, as a, as a society, like there's less, you know, direct communication that people have. Yeah. You know, like, like kids don't go and play anymore because they've no, got on, on, online like playing Fortnite. because well, or... why would you you've got like you know like, like when i was a kid you know if you were like home during the afternoon or something mm -hmm. like that during the summer it's like you can watch people's court or you can go and play with your friends like, yeah well, go and play with my friends, with my friends. Yeah. i don't want to stay i don't want to watch it. i don't want to watch general hospital yeah um but now it's like i have every amazing thing that could possibly entertain me be it video game be it like yeah tvs movies like on a pad that I can watch at any mm -hmm. point in my life. So why, like, fuck it, why would I want why to be playing with friends? Yeah. But the thing is, there's a, that, like, humans are social by definition. Mm -hmm. So as you're losing that sort of social contact, um, it just fucks with people. Yeah. And then, you know, for a variety of different reasons, you know, like, as people are coming up, like, the, if the kids were to ask me, like, what should I be when I grow up? Like, mm -hmm. I don't have a good answer to be tell. whatever you want to be. What do you feel be, like? No, but be what you want to be is like, is an element, but mm -hmm. like, um, so I went through for television. Yeah. So, you know, like when I graduated, that was like a proper job, a proper mm -hmm. profession. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, like you have a phone right there that is recording. It's doing the thing that yeah. this, what we're doing now mm -hmm. used to require a team of like 20 oh, people yeah, for to sure. do. And I, was, I just do it myself with a nice little microphone yeah, I got there, a little tripod. Ready but to go. So this isn't an industry. Yeah. So I'm lucky as hell that I went to school for this. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm trained to do. Yeah. And have somehow managed to still have a job and I've got like a little niche that I work in right now. Yeah. Um, but like if someone's to say like, hey, do what you like doing. I like playing video games. Cool. Why don't you go code video games? In 10 years, people are going to be able to do their own video games yeah that's not going to be a job it's going to be this same sort of thing technology is going to advance us to a point where, it's just like where that so would be a viable easy. profession yeah. so but like even remember back in the day where it's just like oh don't play video games or rot your brain like you're not going to make a living off of video games and nowadays playing video games like they have you like, can it's like an olympic sport yeah, yeah for sure yeah the whole like, esports thing is, a, is i'm just like oh my god if i just stay playing video games yeah. if i just stay yeah but now i'm just like eh, i like video games so like and to me now, I'm just like, I'm more of like, I just want to create stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like why I even got into like stand-up comedy. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. I love it. I'm trying to do a lot more sketch comedy too. And just mm -hmm. kind of like, just write. Yeah, like what's, your, what's your goal? Like what's your, because I know that you, you do acting and you do other stuff. Yeah, like I have, I have so many different goals. But like, uh, like 
my biggest one is to try to create my own like production studio, which is a channel that people are watching this on, like mm -hmm. Fish Productions. I'm planning on building that up because mm -hmm. like I want to make my own movies, I want to make my own shows, I want to make like everything. Like yeah. I want to be able to, I want to be that hub, and I also want to do that in Canada. Yeah, like I just want to like have like a great like I want to make Canada like Tr even Toronto like its own Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So it's just like more people are just coming up here, just be like, oh, let's let's make this the new Hollywood. So I want to do like just so much Canadian content. Because, like, why not? Like, a lot of yeah. people come here. We have so much diversity here. So it's just like, why not take advantage of that? Yeah. So I'm kind of, like, building up. I want to produce. I want to direct. I'm doing acting, like, comedy. Like, I want to do voice work. I want to, like, I want to do so much. Like, mm -hmm. I just love the entertainment industry so much. And it's yeah. just, like, I find it so fascinating. I was just, like, it's, like, one of the biggest industries in the entire world because everybody loves being entertained. Yeah. No, for sure. The, the appetite for content is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough gig because, yeah. um, it's tough to know what people want. Mm -hmm. So I think the important thing is just do it cause you love it. Yeah. Like don't like do it cause you love it. Yeah. Cause it, like the, so the boy was showing me this, like, like he just like is like on all the memes or stuff like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. stuff like that. So he was showing me this meme or he'll sh like put, like he'll be laughing at something and you know, it's like, Hey, what are you laughing at? And he'll show it. And I'm just like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever right? seen. There's no possible way that whoever was creating that is going to expect that it would connect with people. But 13 million views later yeah. or something like that, you're like, oh my God. Well, have you heard of uh, TikTok at all? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so are your, are your stepkids on TikTok then? Um, they are not, but they follow it. So they, okay. they're more like, you know, passive sort of. Like, yeah, because I've been like listening to like a lot of uh, Gary Vee and he's just like, I don't know if you know Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. He's that like huge, uh, like kind of, he doesn't call himself a motivational speaker, but he pretty much is a motivational right. speaker. But he keeps talking about like how TikTok is going to be like the next like social media platform. I was just going to be like, it's going to take, it's going to take over Instagram. It's going to be like, it's like pretty much if Instagram and Vine had a baby. Like, I was going to say a lot TikTok. of people said the same thing about yeah. Vine. A lot of people have said the same thing about Snapchat. Yeah. So, but it know. seems like a lot of people are there. Like, I don't know if you've seen some of like, the, the oh, views yeah. and stuff it's just like people get a lot of views yeah just on this yeah people well the same thing happened with um with vine because well because yeah. it was all the loops and they were yeah like so short but like this i think that's why vine died is because it was too short yeah so it's just like you needed so much content it's like people weren't producing that much content but with like tiktok it's like you have 15 to 60 seconds that's a pretty decent amount for like even 60 seconds doing a 60 second sketch yeah you can get a pretty good sketch out of that yeah and what's cool is there are like high schools that have like tiktok clubs now yeah so they'll have like you know provide a little bit more direction and a little bit more polish yeah so like i i um i think i'm technically faculty at second city because mm -hmm. um, i used to teach video production there Oh, okay. Um, so that was the thing I was trying to do. Like, uh, you know, I went th I went through the improv class and I did the stand-up class. Mm -hmm. And there were so many, like, really excited people yeah. who have great ideas but have no idea how to actually... Like, implement the ideas. Yeah. So I was mm -hmm. like, I know video production. Like, I can teach people that sort of thing. Yeah, so um, they can just do it themselves. Yeah, just give people the tools to kind of go out and do stuff. Because yeah. it would be... Um, that's, a, like, the one, like, old man thing is, like, I just want to see a little element of craft to it. Yeah. So just like I think, to, like I think all of like YouTube, TikTok, all that sort of stuff is great. Yeah. Um, but it you just want to kind of see people create just a little bit better production value for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, you can do something because if you just know like a little basic level of production value, yeah. Then you're gonna stand out that much more from some of the other stuff. Yeah, exactly, and that's so, why like ultimately like what I'm trying to do is just like mm -hmm. my phone is pretty good. Like I have uh, yeah. Huawei P20 Pro, which has the three cameras and everything. It's got yeah. like the one of the highest like megapixel for the camera. And it's just like, I just wanted to have like a nice, 
clean, like crisp, like video, and like yeah. I have pretty good audio with my microphone. It's yeah. just like I just wanted to have like the basics. Eventually, like when more production money comes forth, like my way, I like I'll upgrade stuff. Like get a better couch, so I'm not using like this casting couch <laughs> right now. That's why I have the whole blanket on, yeah. so it's not terribly looking. And at least it has like some like production value. Yeah. To it, so at least like you see, like I do put effort into it. I clean up the audio a little bit. And like I, I do like everything. Like I, I know how to do all of this stuff because yeah. I learned I learned it all in school. Like I learned how to do like all the post production, not just like learning how to do acting. Yeah, which is what I went to school for. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I went to Niagara College. Oh, cool. I took their acting for film and uh, for film and TV. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go take Humber College's comedy writing and performance. Yeah, but I was like, yeah, let's do the further away one first, and yeah, then yeah, come yeah. back and do it. And then I never did, and I'm like, I keep busting my ass for not doing it. But like, I'll yeah. probably end up getting into the uh, Second City course, and I'm on it. I'm, I want to do also like the absolute comedy as well. Yeah. Because I've heard that's a really good one, especially that too, yeah. even if you don't like like care much about like the, doing the structuring or like joke writing, it's a great way to like even network with the, the people that Oh, yeah, for sure. So like that's that's ultimately like what I want to do is like I want to become like a headliner for Absolute. I want to become a headliner for, for Yuck Yucks so that way I can tour around. Them. Yeah, like, they won't let you do both. But... Yeah, I know. That's the thing. <laughs> so I got to whatever one like accepts me and it's just like that's yeah. the one I'm going to kind of go for so yeah no it's cool yeah so how come they both like they don't allow you like yuck yucks absolutely like i don't think i've ever like nobody's ever told me like the answer like i think that like so is it just like a branding thing well it's like it's like a, a breslin rule i think was yeah. that he would have like his yuck yuck stable comics mm-hmm. and um yeah if you're going to do yuck yucks part of the thing is if he's going to give you the, the the opportunities in his clubs then you need to give him loyalty okay and that goes back to like um, so Yucky X kind of came out of like the whole 70s like comic revolution or whatever yeah. so even back in like in LA like if you did the comedy store you could do the improv mm-hmm. there were those sort of like things Yeah. so you know the way Breslin um, set up and I assume it's the same way now Yeah. Um, like back in the day it was like you know if you were one of his comics you couldn't do other stuff so there might be like so it's like pretty political then it's just like you can vote for the left but you can't be on the right. Well, yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's basically, you know, professional loyalty. So yeah. he, that was his thing is because, you know, you would, for comics, you would get to do, you know, he had like his clubs all around the place and then mm-hmm. he, would, he would book you for a lot of corporates and stuff. Yeah. And then so, I mean, this is dating it, but like remember back in the day, um, Lauren, who's the guy who does um, the alt dive. Yes. So Diamond Field Entertainment mm-hmm. is his thing. And so, yeah, he's just sort of started that and it was a lot of people who were like not yuck yucks people would kind of go because they would have the flexibility to kind of do whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. So guys like Sean Cullen, who wouldn't be a yuck yucks comedian anyway, yeah, because he's just this weird kind of brilliant mind, yeah, um, was like under like Lauren's kind of umbrella there. Oh, that's really but, cool. Yeah, it's just like it's just political stuff. Like they just yeah. don't want to like compete against. Yeah, it's a pissing match. Like yeah, you know, yeah okay. Breslin. I think he rightly so. He's like, you know, I started the first comedy club in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why would I want my comedians going to absolutely? Yeah. This is just the way that he looks at it. Mm-hmm. And then, so the way that I'm seeing this is like, I got to create the best comedy group at like in Canada and then just kind of like well, yeah, franchise it everywhere and be like, okay, now everybody's coming to my show now. Well, and that's why you get the guys like the, the guys who run the comedy bar who mm-hmm. are just like, fuck it, we're just going to like get our own place and yeah. set that up and they, create they a great so much. Yeah, they yeah, do a lot awesome. there and it's crazy. I love yeah. it. Like, I've only done like a couple, like I haven't, like I've just done the, the Tuesday Bucket shows. I haven't mm-hmm. tried to like, I haven't really like worked on trying to get on like the other nights. Yeah. But like even just going to like the Tuesday night like Bucket show, there's like a packed audience there. It's just like yeah. mostly like a lot of comedians, but like some of the acts are like, 
they're hysterical. Like it's so yeah. good what they what they do. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of um Shitprov. The guys No, I haven't. So it's like I can't remember the guys' names, but they call themselves Shitprov. So it's one one guy that's uh, an improv guy and then another guy is a comedian. Mm-hmm. So the comedian has the microphone and the improv guy just does improv without a microphone. That's all. Awesome. And so they're kinda like just riffing off of each other and with like stand up comedy, you're just like once you're done that joke, like you're moving on to the next one. So Whenever like the improv guy and like would do a scene with like, the comedian, once he got to that punchline, he'd be like, "Okay, lights down, and the next scene." And so yeah. the, the improv guy's like, "Wait, you're supposed to keep going longer than this." Yeah. And so they would just kind of like keep like doing quick short scenes whenever he was done the joke. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. Like, if you ever have a ter- chance to like see Shiprov, I will. Yeah. If you guys like look up Shiprov, like funny guys, funny yeah. guys, and like they're really killing it with the whole duo of like an yeah. improv guy and a comedian. Yeah. No, which is great, and that was the thing before. Like I remember before those like that room existed. Mm-hmm. Was it was like you know, the Rivoli yeah. was great. Like all that's been amazing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's like one night, yeah. and it's pretty relatively well formatted. There used to be a thing called Pirate Video Cabaret, which was pretty cool. Yeah, where they would play some video content. Um, but yeah, it was very much like just sort of like stand up places. Mm-hmm. And so if you had a stand up show, you could go to like Yuck Yucks or a handful of places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Comedy Bar just is just a nice haven for people to do like interesting things yeah um that's a little bit more center friendly like bad dog does a lot of stuff that's more like improv okay focus like yeah. they're you know the i mean the toronto comedy scene is amazing right now just in terms of the opportunities that oh yeah people have. it's honestly i feel like it's really like it's better to do, like actually build yourself up as a stand-up comedian here than it is in the u.s because like with the u.s like you're fighting so many people that are like even hungrier than you are and they're gonna do whatever it takes to even get on stage and like even like i've heard a lot with like the U.S. stage is like you have to pay to get on. New York for sure. Yeah, like um, New York and L.A. Like you, I'm, I'm sure, sure you have to pay to like any kind of place just to get on. I think some of the big ones you would. Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. But like for here, it's just like if you want to get on, all you have to do is just try to get booked. Yeah. Like be good, and then you can get booked. And yeah, like that's for sure. Really, that's really awesome. So it kind of like just drives you to get onto those shows that were, or like we don't even have to pay like any. I don't no. think there's any room that's in Canada at all where you actually have to pay to get on. Yeah, what's in with I'm. What's interesting is, like, for us, so, you know, like, I think we're both pretty much at, like, the same level now, where mm-hmm. we're just sort of established open mic kind of thing, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we're, like, nice entry level, but I think we both, like, are... We've had experience. Entry, yeah, you know, yeah. like... We've had our entry level experience. For sure, yeah. yeah, like, we've both done enough of a thing where people, like, you know, certainly not everyone knows who I am, but, like, the people who, who do know, there's, like... You know, you can get someone to say vouch if you put some yeah, yeah, You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, there's a, there's a handful of people who at least know that. But then sort of reaching the next level, mm-hmm. um, like that, I don't know how that happens. And that's yeah. one of the, And it, I don't think there's a there's a blueprint for how it does happen. I really think it's just, like, the people that you meet. Because, like, yeah. like, everybody's on a different level. Yeah. Like, if you're thinking about this, like, as a, as a video game, it's just, like, everybody's on a different level. So it's just, like, well, you're obviously, we're obviously at, like, level one. Yeah. So it's just, like, okay, we got to talk to the level two people and be, like, hey, how did you get up to level two? Yeah. Because, like, I need that experience to get up to the next level and then just talk to the next level. And then just yeah. keep talking to the next level and keep building yourself up, talking to that next level. And I think that's really all it is. It's just networking, but, like, building that friendship up and, like, talking with people. Because then they can help you get on, like, other shows that they're, that they're, that they've been getting on. And that's, like, maybe it's something that you want to, like, drive yourself into. Mm. So that's what, like, I've been trying to do a lot. It's just, like, okay, who's who are the people that are above me um, that I need to network with? Because, obviously, they're doing a lot a lot yeah. of good stuff. So, like, next week I'm going to be having uh, Quincy Martin. 
on uh, on my podcast. Nice. Yeah, he's so, doing like, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I've been talking with him a lot. Like, he's been helping me out, giving me like great, solid advice. He's been doing this for like seventeen years. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, there's no reason why he's not winning like the the, the friend zone. The friend zone. Like every every is it, like, eight weeks in a row. Because that's literally just like a weekly show that he can go to now because he knows he's gonna kill every time. Yeah. So I'm just like. Kudos to him. Like he found a nice like weekly show. It was just yeah. like I gotta get back on there because I I want to I want to try to crush him. Well, he can't stop. Yeah, yeah. And for him, he can't stop now. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm like, God, I just gotta get out there and, and try to beat him. But like, it's just one of those things. Just like talk to the people that have experience who have mm-hmm. been to the places where you want to be and just like learn from them. Like let them give you the information. It's just like the main thing that a lot of a lot of these comedians even just say is just like continuously write continuously get on stage and continuously like revise your stuff and like edit your stuff i know a lot of people don't like doing that but it's like it's something that you have to do oh you have to yeah, yeah. you have to do regardless of anything it's like you have to look at your stuff because if you're not gonna like try to make yourself better nobody's gonna like want to see you because you're not making yourself better well yeah it's like even if you do like so like i was saying earlier like i'm in the, this stage right now where i'm trying to like just work on performance stuff right now so i'll mm-hmm. do like various you know so i've got like i got my 10, so if I'm doing, like... Like, I think I'm doing seven minutes. I, I think Joel sets are seven or nine. Yeah, that's, like, five to seven. Yeah, but so... I'm, I'm sure, sure, if, like, if you're, like, doing a really good job, like, you, you wouldn't mind. Like, yeah, I'm also on at 11, so I'm yeah. sure he's like, let's wrap this up. Yeah, right. Um, so, but whatever. So I'll, like, take whatever of that 10 minutes. I'm not trying to... I'm not going to go up and do, like, a new five, because that's just not where I'm at Yeah, right exactly. Now. There's no point. Um, but I'm always, you know trying to refine that stuff mm-hmm. so like what's a better way to get into something or if you notice like when you're doing it if you you notice like you maybe do an aside or you emphasize something like that yeah then that's how you keep keep your you know it might even be the same like set ish mm-hmm. but it's got to like keep evolving and you got to keep like oh, yeah, for sure. just for your own sanity yeah. too one of my favorite comedians that's like been building himself up in like the whole um comedy community is um keith pedro if you no, he's that little um like uh, Asian like Spanish guy um, he's been doing Yuck Yucks a lot he's like well, I think he's one of the headliners he, oh, okay. he does like NC for them, for them as well and I um, my girlfriend and I like we've seen him a couple times so we've seen like the evolution of like some of his jokes yeah and like we've noticed that they keep getting a little bit better like, yeah. he tweaks a, lot of, a few things like here and there but he's yeah. like, consistently like making them better and better yeah. and I'm just like that's just that's just it it's just like I don't understand like some comedians that just kind of like if a joke doesn't work right away they kind of like scrap it and just get rid of it it's just like no just like work with it because you can have, you can get something out of it even if it doesn't work like right now just like save it for later yeah just let it, save sit it for, for a while, yeah, yeah. let it sit and just like maybe you have like a different idea of something that's happened in your life between like the time that you dropped it between like now and it's just like maybe you had something that you can connect with um and that'll that'll actually help because i i had i created when i first wanted to start doing stand-up comedy i was um it was around like 2011 2012 and so i had created like a set to do in front of like Humber college be in front of the in front of the professors yeah so, like, I had created a whole bunch of material for that. And then, like, when I went to Niagara, I completely forgot all about it. But then I ended up finding it all over again. And, like, some of that material, like, I, I, I still use, like, in some of my stuff mm. today. So I'm just, like, it's great to just even have it. And, like, you come back to it and you're, like, you maybe even evolve it. It's, like, okay, what can I bring that I know today back on, like, on that stuff? Yeah. Well, I tend to write long. Like, mm-hmm. when I start a bit, like, I'll, <clears throat> I'll, like, go long and then just sort of see what works. And yeah. Then... So even if I do something that maybe doesn't fully hit, yeah, then I'll just let it sit for a couple of months, and then when I go back, even just to look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to kind of take this bit out. Of yeah, it's one thing that I'm like getting into right now as well is um, so writing serious and then turning that serious into funny. Yeah. Right, because like that's like how pretty much like every kind of like comedic movie should be made. 
mm-hmm. and like that's how most people like that's how they made airplane. They wrote it funny, or they wrote it serious, and then they turned it funny. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, because uh, that's that's just the way that those that the directors wanted to write. Like that's how they that's how they write oh, their I films. I have no idea. Yeah, so it's like really cool how like people do that kind of stuff because like without without drama you can't have comedy. No, no, for sure. Yeah. So like that's one thing that you need is you need the drama there because like if you can't relate to anything it's just yeah. like the comedy is just there and limbo it's like not doing anything yeah well and that was like Leslie Nielsen was a serious actor when he yeah, started yeah and uh, he's just he worked with it so well and I, he's I a funny like so he's a guy who I also got to meet a couple times oh, I wish he I was, wish he was, so the best thing about him was he would um, he had this fart machine mm-hmm. um, but it was like this it was like this cylindrical thing with a hole in it yeah and so when you would do interviews with him like it's a thing where you like lick your palm and you kind of put it down okay. <laughs> and so you would do an interview with him yeah and then he would like squeeze it and make fart sounds during the interview so we oh, knew about this so carla was interviewing him yeah. for a show we were working on and so we he was coming into our air sometimes you go into like their suite and then sometimes they come into yours yeah so he's coming in our suite so we had like one of those remote control fart machines yeah so we put it underneath his chair and as the interview was going we just started like blasting him with the fart machine and it turned into this like mexican standoff <laughs> <laughs> this fart off it was great but he's a guy who again like started as a dramatic actor yeah but just like naturally it's just funny as hell oh yeah and I, so. I love him i love him. like even the naked gun movies oh yeah those are the best yeah like, there's no comedy movie like nowadays that will ever be like those those like nice slapstick comedy yeah it's tough to that's honestly one thing that I really want to do with my production company. I want to bring back the old school like slapstick comedy because I just think that like goofy, silly fun is like it's funny. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be an appetite for it for sure. Yeah, and I feel like there's like a, so much material with the world right now. Like you could totally get away with like so much. You 100 percent could. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Danny Zucker like left, got away from doing comedy and he was doing like more serious stuff. Yeah. So we, uh, so I wrote a screenplay. Like, a buddy and I wrote it and. We finished in like 2007, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and we optioned it. So there was this producer in the, the States who was like, oh, I'm going to pick this up. And so his mentor was uh, Danny Zucker. He was oh like, oh, God. I'm going to get Danny Zucker to produce it. So then the two things that happened were um, 2008 happened. So yeah. like the like all the money died out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went and did this like serious movie with Sean Penn. Like, you know, like Valerie Plame or whatever, the CIA like, I, think, I think I might have heard about that. Yeah, it's like yeah. a big story, whatever. Basically, yeah, yeah. like the Bush government, like, mm-hmm. um, outed this like CIA agent yeah. kind of thing. It was this whole thing. So he was, and everyone was like, as much as people hate Trump, like people also hated uh, W quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So um, Danny Zucker is very, you know, politically minded. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do comedy anymore. I'm going to be like do the, you know, I feel like my voice should be used in a more responsible way. Yeah. So um, yeah, that movie didn't go anywhere. For combination of like, like you should have just stuck with what you were best at doing. Yeah. Well, it's all good. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like we should just, you know, wrap this up. Yeah. I feel like we've been talking for quite some time, and I, we had a yeah. great conversation. Yeah, this really, is awesome. Man. I really appreciate you coming out. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I guess, um, guys, you can uh, catch this show every Monday at 9. Uh, we, we can do a recap of um, uh, what shows you're going to be doing. The, uh, I'm doing a part of comedy yeah. tonight, uh, Rock and Dogs. Rock you were on early on, on late. Yeah, yeah. So catch them at 11. You yeah. said 11? Yeah. yeah, I'm on at 11. You're on yeah. at 6? Uh, like 7. I'll probably be there around 7. Cool. So yeah. go early, then maybe, you know, yeah, go the, for a walk. the entire show and like it lasts for like six hours. So if you want to see like it's not just stand up comedians, they have like musicians there, yeah, they awesome. have like I think improvisers, they have like any kind of entertainment. 
yeah. that they do. If you want to just like, even if you want to do that, you open mic, just go introduce yourself to Joel and just be like, hey, I want to do it. He does it every every month. Once I think a, so. Yeah, yeah I once, did about once a month. Ago, yeah. yeah. So uh, check that out. I'm yeah. also going to be on uh, at the old side around uh, at nine o'clock in Etobicoke. So if you guys want to check out that, if you can't make it to the Rockin' Docks, um, what else? I have I have Crazy Jacks on Friday as well. Oh, nice. So I'm going to be doing that. I have done it in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I figure you live out right in the area, too. You might as well. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll be doing trivia at Dundas Video with the questionnaires. Yeah, so if you, guys want, to do some, if you guys want to do some trivia, check it out. Dundas Videos? Yeah, Dundas Video on... It's like Dundas and yeah, just, just watch the battle. Last, last Tuesday? It's usually last Thursday because of Halloween. We're on. We're doing Wednesday this month. Okay, cool. So on Wednesday, guys, right before Halloween, dress up. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Are people gonna dress up? Are you gonna dress up? Uh, I might. The other two, of the other people, a hundred percent will dress up. All right, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Very perfect. And you guys can you can follow Paul on on Instagram. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you remember what it was? It is P Schmitty nineteen seventy four. All right, perfect. Yeah. And you guys can follow me at it's Jeremy Fisher. I'll have it right over here. Nice little logo. Mm -hmm. But honestly, thank you so much for, yeah, thank uh, you, for man. coming on. This is and, great. Yeah. And we'll just like do our whole... Uh, play more music. Oh, and wait, hold more. on. Wait, I forgot to say. Uh, let's peel out. I don't want to forget that. It's good. It's good yeah. to have a catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's no. bananas, people.